From the corners of India, we have brought you Voice of the Wild, an initiative by Naturalist Foundation. This is the seventh episode, which is being aired on 4th July 2020. In this podcast, we will take you closer to the world of wildlife conservation, scientific research, and governmental environmental policies. I am Gauri Zoshi, a student and a nature enthusiast, and with me, I have. I am Ankita Deva. Today, in the seventh episode of the podcast, we'll be talking about the various issues faced by the wildlife of India. Firstly, we will discuss about the mutations in Nilgiri's wildlife, and then moving towards the illegal wildlife trade racket traced down by the Forest Department of Maharashtra. Further, we will talk about the coal mine auction. Then, stepping next to the most awaited response from the State Forest Department, stating R A considered to be the part of Sanjay Gandhi National Park. Then, proceeding with the good news about the six sites in M M R which are now considered as wetlands, and with urge to all the listeners and environmental lovers regarding the revised C P C B norms over 2020 Ganesh Festival and all festivals to be celebrated hereafter, as recently noted by the Prime Minister of India. So, without wasting any more time, let's get right into it. Nilgiris is a mountainous district in the state of Tamil Nadu. It houses our country's very first biosphere reserve and hosts a rich biodiversity. The region of Upper Nilgiris is primarily comprised of 80% grassland and an interesting feature called Shola forests, which are basically grasslands with patches of forests with stunted trees. Now an unusual situation has been reported in this area. Biologists have come across certain animals which show a rare condition called leucism. Leucism is a rare genetic condition caused by a mutation that is a sudden change in the DNA which leads to partial loss of pigmentation. Hence there is a change in the animal's skin pattern. It's quite often seen as white patches of fur or feathers. Over the last few years this condition has been observed in an Indian gaur two tigers a sambar deer and even a three striped palm squirrel in the nilgiris so what could be the cause of such a condition according to mr a samson research biologist at the bombay natural history society bnhs the mutation could be caused by a number of factors including inbreeding pollution environmental alterations low quality diet or follicular damage The expression of these genetic mutations could signify a much more serious problem that needs to be addressed. This condition can lead to a compromised immune system which can make the animal susceptible to contracting diseases and lack of camouflage which further reduces their chances of survival in the wild. B Ramakrishnan, assistant professor at the Department of Zoology and Wildlife Biology of the Government Arts College in Udagamandalam explains Lack of genetic diversity among mating populations of a species is a major factor behind leucism and albinism among wildlife. With grasslands being destroyed, corridors connecting different habitats and populations too have been disturbed and in many cases completely severed. So apparently it seems effect of habitat degradation has also started affecting wildlife at a genetic level which is quite alarming. However, it's still quite early to make a conclusion. Research is still being conducted in the matter, but it should still be an eye opener enough for people to understand 
how deeply anthropogenic activities can affect the wildlife of a region. Speaking of anthropogenic activities, illegal wildlife trade is one of the most rampant and direct problems on the local wildlife of any region. So, thank you Gauri. Now, let's discuss about the illegal wildlife trade racket traced down by the Forest Department of Maharashtra. Recently, this month, Maharashtra Forest Department led to the arrest of 19 people which was involved in illegal wildlife trade from districts of Nashik, Thane, Pune and Ahmednagar. The Wildlife Crime Control Bureau, WCCB, said this was the largest crackdown witnessed in the state over the past 10 years. Wildlife articles include two red sand bows protected under Schedule 4 of the Wildlife Protection Act and one Indian softshell turtle protected under Schedule 1 of Wildlife Protection Act. So, what are the bow snakes and softshell turtle? Bow snakes are rare, non-poisonous snakes used for making certain medicines, cosmetics and are in huge demand in the international market. They are also believed to bring good luck and wealth. As per the initial investigations, snakes can fetch around rupees 1.25 crores. Let's discuss about the soft shell turtles. These are freshwater reptiles that can stay underwater for prolonged periods. There are around 30 species of such turtles in the world including when found in South Asian rivers like the Ganga. These turtles are often maintained in the temple ponds of Odisha where they are considered sacred. So, between June 1 and 11, the forest department arrested two police officers, Vishwash Chavanke from Navi, Mumbai and Deepak Dabekar, constable from Chatushringi police station in Pune. This is very shocking that policemen itself doing these kinds of work not just policemen, but here, according to forest officials, an information technology that is an IT entrepreneur from Pune and a real estate agent from Belapur was also arrested for playing the same role of middleman. 20 forest officials carried out an operation to arrest these people. A town in Nashik where local Somnath Pawar was arrested while trying to sell a live red sand bow. The remaining wildlife articles were seized when a trap was laid for one of the accused Nikhil Gaikwad in Ahmednagar district and the softshell turtle was rescued. Six others were arrested in Sinnar, Nashik while travelling to sell the second sandbow. Over this issue, the deputy conservator of forest from Nashik said, rather than just stopping at the first seizure and arrest, they investigated the entire route of persons involved in this racket right from the source to the middleman and finally the end seller. Entire operation was done in just two weeks. Firstly, they trapped a person from Nashik and then one by one every culprit was arrested. Also, Deputy Director of Wildlife Control Bureau said, a sting of this many arrests followed by a detailed detection by the forest department has not been witnessed over the past decade. In most cases, we observe that the basic seizure and the arrest are made and the case ends. But this forest department was able to uncover all the loopholes in this one. Not just this, but the state forest department has busted a poaching and wildlife crime racket with alleged international links. The poachers 
who were operating for around 6 to 7 years in satara district are suspected to have been involved in the illegal sale of burst meat and wildlife contraband last week a forest team arrested 12 members of the gang in satara and seized equipment worth around rupees 5 lakhs this included weapons and nets using traps of wildlife so gori let's discuss about the coal life auction A few days back Prime Minister Narendra Modi announced an auction of 41 coal blocks for commercial mining as a part of Atmanirbhar Bharat Abhiyan. These auctions are meant to invite private sector participation to present their bids on the percentage value of coal that they would be willing to share with the government. Successful bidders will be given a leash for a period of 10 years. That means unlike before The coal that was mined could be sold outside and not just in the country as there are no restrictions on the end use. The prime minister said that this would be a win-win situation for all the parties but will it? Talking about its benefits, it would reduce a huge deal of coal that we import from other countries. Despite being the fourth largest country in terms of coal availability, The amount of coal we import is around 240 million tons each year which is valued at 1.7 lakh crores. So the question arises that why would we need to import so much coal from another country if we are the fourth largest country in terms of availability? The answer to that is high quality coking coal which is a raw material for steel is imported from other countries and this could be avoided if the 41 mines open for auction. and would hit a peak production of 225 million tons by 2025 saving precious foreign exchange the prime minister also said that coal would be brought out after decades of lockdown and the private sector involvement will increase up to 33000 crores of capital investment for the next 5 years also the higher production and availability will help reduce the cost of electricity and other coal fired plants as around 70% of india's electricity comes from coal fired plants and thus more availability of coal would prove more profitable also such kind of auctions provides transparency about the activities among the people probably leading to more ethical ways of coal extraction now that we have spoken about so many positives about the coal auctions Let's look at what could go wrong. A question arises of whether this decision has come too late in the market. With the increase in the feeling of environment protection, the world is moving towards cleaner renewable resources and the cost of producing power through these renewable resources has been decreasing with each passing day. Now this will lead the global players to move to much cleaner forms of power rather than the old fashioned coal industry. By the end of 2019 the demand for coal was 22% lower than what was predicted in 2011 This means that we have been planning for way more than we require Since 2009 the growth in demand is much lower than expected which has pushed the coal mines load from 80% to nearly 60% Why do we need more coal when we already have more than required There are reports about Coal India Limited looking for non-power industries for consumption of their coal apart from the Coal India Limited had first proposed around 1.25 million tons of coal for non-power consumption 
which has now increased up to five folds, which is 6.5 million tons. This directly indicates that there is a huge fall in the demand of this dry fuel with time, which again puts a negative situation of demand for these auctions and would not generate the estimated revenue. Additionally, this year there is an additional effect of the lockdown, which could result in poorer bids. So, if the positive debate is about economic development, then these points need to be kept in mind before weighing it to the environmental degradation. Moreover, the auction claims around 3 lakh jobs created by 225 million tons of coal production, which accounts to around 1,300 jobs per million ton of coal, but the current job availability is just around 700 jobs per million ton of coal, which is nearly half of what is claimed. Talking about environmental impact, coal mining results in environmental degradation and harm to a great extent, leading to large opposition from the people. A large number of these coal mines are located in scheduled areas with a lot of Adivasi and village dependency. Apart from that, a lot of these mines are located in highly eco-sensitive protected areas, leading to a disruption in biodiversity and natural ecosystems. The involvement of private sector can either take the coal industry to the right direction by giving better opportunities and quality jobs for the laborers along with ethical use of provided resources or could cause huge destruction if looked at from a profit on the ideology leading to worse than imaginable environment and social impacts. The decision has to be made between short-term cost-saving projects and a long-term environmental impact. As far as development projects are concerned, we all know the ongoing controversy of RA forest just near to our homes in our very own city. A new information has come to light about it. Let's see what it is. So guys, recently you might have heard about RA. What is RA? Where is it? And what is the story behind it? Yo, I'm going to tell you about the RA and its involvement in Sanjay Gandhi National Park. Firstly, the Are Colony is also called as Are Milk Colony or Are Forest and is situated in the Gorigao East, a suburb of Mumbai. It was established in 1949 to revolutionize the processing and marketing of dairy products in Mumbai. Are is located within the eco-sensitive zones of Sanjay Gandhi National Park located in Borivli. It is an urban, unclassed and degraded forest and acts as a buffer area between the national park and the city. Aray Milk Colony includes 12 villages. There are around 27 tribal hamlets also called as Padas in Marathi and many more small hamlets in the area. Aray shows mixed moist deciduous type of forest and is one of the few green spaces in Mumbai which spans around 2,000 acres. Are is home to 1,300 species of flowering plants, 45 species of mammals, 43 species of reptiles, 300 species of birds and 150 species of butterflies. In 2017, two new species of jumping spiders were discovered in Are. Some of the vulnerable category animals found here are leopard, Rusty Spotted Gas, Samba Deer, Alexandrine Parakeet, and Red Vaulted Lapping. 
Among the leopards, there are four adult females to whom Ari is their home. The leopards were first captured on camera traps set up in 2015. Female leopards have given birth to many cubs around the year. A recent report submitted to the state also highlights the rich biodiversity inside Ari. Ari is home to two rivers, three lakes, providing potable water to the residents of Mumbai and acting as a natural water drainage system and flood plains of the rivers. For over six years, a NGO called Vana Shakti is doing its best to protect Ari from the destructive development by the government. There are several projects planned at Ari. Out of the 400 acres, 60 acres of land will go for the metro car shed for Metro Line 3 of Mumbai Metro. 120 acres for the proposed zoo, 90 acres for, for slum rehabilitation projects by Mahada, and 5 acres for Metro Bhavan. The proposed zoo will be built without enclosures, and the land for this will be acquired from both the colony as well from the national park. Over this issue, a petition by environmental activist Zuru Pethanena. states that the destruction of the flood plains will aggravate the yearly floods in mumbai one of the pil by zoru bathena states that bmc was aware of the dangers of downstream flooding yet they have allowed mumbai metro rail corporation to tamper with a natural stormwater course the condition of doing the project is that in future if the nearby area floods then bmc will not be responsible This same unique permission letter was also attached to the tree removal permission proposal for the array plot. This clearly shows that the BNC is trying to escape from this issue. Not only this, activists believe that a survey to determine the area's forest was conducted using a view method from the hillock in 1997. But even this survey was never completed. due to insufficient maps and inaccessibility during the monsoon till 2018 are has been a no development zone but this status was reversed by the maharashtra government due to this in the same year a petition challenging this decision was filed in the bombay high court to which the court said that the government has the right to change the use of public land but it still must meet the conditions to ensure that right to safe environment is met so basically we can see vana shakti is currently fighting for two reasons one is to declare are a forest and the other is an order that allowed the exclusion of are from the eco sensitive zone regarding the order that allowed exclusion of are from eco sensitive zone On 5 December 2016 the union government issued a notification that declared a minimum of 100 meters and maximum of 400 km from the boundary of Sanjay Gandhi National Park as eco-sensitive zone. However, 165 hectares of RA was excluded from this notification. To challenge this, one shakti approached National Green Tribunals The case at NGT was pending for almost 4 years until recently in January instead of hearing the case it was disposed due to absence of both the parties not only this instead of the case being heard in the western zone pune the case was transferred to the NGT principal bench at new delhi 
in January in NGT passed a temporary order which was based by accepting the minister's affidavit justifying the eco-sensitive zone reduction. One Shakti then challenged this decision of NGT in the Supreme Court and on 24 January, One Shakti appealed as heard. The Environment Ministry has informed the NGT that the state government plans to propose a metro car shed, some slums and high-rises in RA which exist on the boundary of Sanjay Gandhi National Park. However, even after telling about the consequences of the development, Supreme Court Bench of Justice Arun Mishra and Abdul Nazir said that Mumbai is a congested city and thus metro is a necessity and thus dismissed the plea. The NGT Bench Justice consisting of Justice A.K. Goyal and Judicial Member Justice S.P. Wangdi with two expert members Nagin Nanda and Siddhanta Das said that no further order is necessary since the eco-sensitive zone was reduced after following due procedure of the law and any construction in is allowed as per zonal master plan. Stan Lee also mentioned that the recent amendment of the EI notification has further restricted the establishment of an eco-sensitive zone and the recent EI notification is objected to many citizens. This recent amendment seems to support the destruction of environment rather than saving it. One Shakti files an interim application in the last week of April against many state bodies alleging illegal tree felling, rise encroachments and forest fires in the times of pandemic lockdown and asks for protection of this area along with action against the accused. To this, on 5th May, the Chief Executive Officer of RA Administration and Dairy Development, Nathurat Rathod, stated in the counter affidavit that RA is continuous with Sanjay Gandhi National Park. He also clarified that RA is a part of extension of Sanjay Gandhi National Park. The Forest Department has administrative control over the Sanjay Gandhi National Park, while RA Administrative and Dairy Development has control over RA, and thus, Forest Department cannot take legal action in case of illegal activities in RA. Even though the area is not declared forest, the area is home to many animals and plants which are being protected by the RA Administrative and Dairy Development. This submission clarifies that even though ARA is not considered a forest, necessary actions against encroachment and tree felling were done in the forest area. He also said that the forest fires were reported on April 17 and 20 from areas under State Reserve Police Force, which the ARA Administrative and Dairy Development do not have access to. The counter-affidavit was received and made public by Zoru Bhatena on 21 June 2020. On 16 June, another Supreme Court bench comprising of Justice Arun Mishra and Justice Krishna Murari called for a report from the State Forest Department on illegal activities and actions taken. On this, Forest Department said that they would be giving their response soon since the matter will hear again in six weeks from the date of order, that is from 6 June. Rohit Joshi, an environmentalist, comments, If one state body which is in the land owner can honestly say that Ari is a part of the Sanjay Gandhi National Park and it is a forest, then it will become the responsibility of the state to protect it and this will mark the end of six-year-long battle of Ari. In 2019, there were mass protests by the citizens to 
stop tree felling in Ari. Around 1 lakh citizens signed online petition against the tree felling, but despite that one midnight, the trees were felled. This caused a huge range among the citizens, and many of them gathered at the site of felling. Soon, Section 144 was imposed and people were arrested without much evidence. Due to this, the Supreme Court extended its interim stay on the felling. On October 21, the court said that there is no stay on the construction at RA but an order of no felling of trees. Over the next few days, the event gained a lot of media attention. To this, the current CM Mr. Udavji Thakre showed their support against the tree felling and de- demanded a stay. The response from the State Forest Department is yet to be submitted. So stay tuned to see what response will the Forest Department give and to know the further course of action by Venishakti. Good news everyone! Six sites in and around Mumbai, that is Bhanduk, Panje, Belpada, Bhenkhal in Uran, Training Ship Chanakya TSC and NRI Complex in Navi Mumbai have been identified as important wetlands namely in Mumbai metropolitan region and was done based on a report by the Bombay Natural History Society BNHS Coastal Wetlands and Water Birds of Navi Mumbai 2019. The report by Thane Creek Flamingo Sanctuary TCFS has been made a part of the official document and approved by the Chief Wildlife Warden CWLW under provisions of the Wildlife Protection Act 1972. The proposed action plan for these six sites include understanding the linkages between TCFS and its satellite wetlands in the radius of 50 km to work with research organizations to monitor the status of these wetlands the mangroves sell to liaise with agencies concerned to formulate necessary policies for conserving identified wetlands and finally to declare them as conservation or community reserves that is protected areas wetland sites such as tsc nri and panji had been home to large flocks of flamingos from march to may according to bnhs there were over 1.5 lakh flamingos visiting wetlands in the Mumbai metropolitan region this migratory season. The decision comes as a breath of relief after the immense efforts of environmentalists who didn't want these wetlands to be destroyed like what previously happened to Mira Bhayandar, Kharghar and Uran wetlands. This is the reason many coastal birds have shifted their route and have started stopping to these sites. These areas already face a lot of destruction towards both wildlife as well as local communities of fishermen who lost their jobs due to various illegal activities, flooding, etc. Hence, it is a very crucial step towards the right direction. However, there are still some projects like Navi Mumbai Airport and Golf Course in Nehru Sea Woods proposed by Sidco, which are being opposed by environmentalists and they would have direct effect on flight of birds as they are bird migration sites and cause accidents. We hope government will keep taking decisions in favor of the environment which will lead to a better sustainable development. So guys, let's discuss about the new CPCB norms over the festival celebration. With the new pandemic situation, we have got a new guideline to celebrate Ganesh festival, Durgashtami, Moharam and Diwali-like festivals for this year with an urge to be followed. 
in a bid to ensure idle immersion in an eco-friendly manner in the country the cpcb has banned the use of plastic thermocol and plaster of paris in making idols of god and goddesses the cpcb has revised its 2010 guidelines on idle immersion after taking views of stakeholders especially emphasizing use of naturally occurring clay colors in place of synthetic paints and chemicals for idol as per the revised guidelines for idol immersion dated may 12 2020 it has been divided into seven major concerns first guidelines for idol makers craftsmen or artisans which includes use of natural clay pyramid of sugarcane sticks that represents the pandals natural clay mixed with alum for making idols in consultation with the concerned state pollution control board or pollution control committee secondly guidelines for puja organizing committee which includes idol decorated with biodegradable organic colors such as turmeric chandan and gerua etc use of clean multiple use metallic or glass or plastic utensils is a idol choice the use of biodegradable clay such as patravali made with broad dried leaves such as erica banana banyan seal leaves biodegradable paper cups plates and earthen pots may be used in place of single use plastic and polystyrene for prasad distribution and other purposes puja organizing committees should seek permissions from concerned ulb as the case may providing management plan and the required provisions as per the format to be issued by the ulds for ensuring safe idol immersion during festival season well at least one month in advance for making necessary arrangement in consultation with the concerned departments third is the role and responsibilities of the local and urban authorities which includes licenses permits may be granted by the local and urban bodies within the respective jurisdiction to only those idol manufacturers or makers or craftsmen or artisans who uses only eco-friendly natural clay materials but no pop or baker baked clay in many idols prior to festive times also large scale manufacturers involved in making idols more than 100 in a day shall up obtain registration from the concerned ULP along with the prescribed fee and deposit the waste generated from designated idol immersion activity sites shall be collected and disposed of safely by the ULBs within 24 hours of completion of the idol immersion activity immersion of tazia during mohram should be performed in eco friendly manner the fourth guideline of idol immersion in rivers lakes and ponds As far as possible idol immersion in rivers lakes ponds shall be encouraged only at specific designated artificial confined tanks or ponds with liner made with well graded highly impervious clay or eco sensitive liner on the banks shall be promoted post immersion the remains of idols and activities such as disloging of the designated tank should be undertaken and ensured its disposal as per solid waste management rules 2016 as amended thereafter in 24 hours by the concerned ULBs as per these guidelines the fifth guidelines for idol immersions in sea 
In case of idle emergency in sea, emergence may be done between low tide line and high tide line and only at designated areas identified by the coastal zone management authorities in the states and union territories. Concerned authorities in state government and union territory administration dealing with safety and security in coastal areas shall take care of the necessary arrangements such as motorboats with security personnel, home guards with adequate safety equipment by deployed to supervise idle immersion activities during festive season. The sixth guideline for idle immersion by households. Emergence of small idols should be done at home in eco-friendly manner, that is, in a bucket filled with water, settled mold can be dried and then reused further for idol making or may be reused in gardening soil. The seventh state that role of state pollution control boards in states and pollution control committees in union territories to conduct water quality assessment of water bodies preferably in tier 1 cities that is having population of more than 1 lakh at three stages that is pre-immersion, during immersion and post-immersion. Considering the size of water body, appropriate number of sampling locations may be determined in order to get a fairly representative assessment of water quality during the aforesaid periods. Detailed reports should be posted on the SPCBs or PCCs website in public domain and also shall have shared with Ministry of Environment, Forest, Climate Change, Ministry of Jal Shakti and CPCB within two months of completion of last sampling conducted for a particular festival. Thus, we must note that although this has been notified, I will suggest a development of market system whereby manufacturers or craftsmen or artisans themselves can buy back the idols for use. Thank you for listening to Voice of the Wild with me. If you liked our episode, then hit the like button and the bell icon to never miss out on our episodes. Do not forget to subscribe to us as well. If you liked our work and efforts, then support our young team on Patreon. Link is in the description. Stay tuned with us as we bring you new content or topics next week. Till then, stay safe, stay at home and yes, don't forget to mail your EIA objections. Link is in the description.